1: Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to
0: rock. Make sense! Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Yeah, yeah. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back with the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios, Wednesday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck Horst gets first request. It is uh, Delroy Wilson's birthday today. He was a uh, reggae, kind of R&B singer from the early, mid-70s. Died actually pretty young. I think he died in his 40s or something like that. So probably his most famous song, Cool Operator. So there you go. Happy birthday to the late, great Delroy Wilson. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at nine ten on the game, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, hit us up on our personal Twitter pages. I'm at jmch316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. You know what? The Braves lost today, and the Mets win. You know the Braves and the Mets finish with the same record, right? And it was the it's the it's the fact that the Braves went ten and nine against the Mets. How crazy is again? They tied. They 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 That's tied crazy. for the same record,
2: and, and how big that that sweep ended up being! Like, literally, yeah. you needed every single one yep. of those games.
0: Yep, yep. I, and, you know, it's funny. I heard, I told Duke's and Bell this earlier today. So I was listening to the pregame on the way in, and Joe Simpson said that he ran into Max Freed. Now, the thought process was, if the Braves had to win today to, to secure the division they'd pitch Max Freed. And he was on five days rest, so it's not like he was pitching on three days rest or something crazy like that. He was on his regular rest or whatever. But Joe Simpson said, he said, I saw him. Max told me he was going to pitch if need be, but he said Freed looked terrible. He's still fighting that flu bug or whatever. He says, I don't know how long he'd have been able to go because he still looked like he was on death's doorstep from all that flu bug and all that stomach issue that he had. Last week when he pitched. Jeez. So could you imagine if, could you imagine if they'd have had a winner take all today and Freed would have had to pitch and you might've seen Jackson Stevens come about the third inning or something like that. Uh I mean, crazy
2: to think, but see Max trying to throw up in another uh, trash can again. But
0: I mean, this is, this is why you handle your business, right? Like this is why you don't put your fate in somebody else's hands. And they didn't. They won last night. They swept the Mets when they had to sweep them. They won last night. They didn't wait for the Mets to lose, who didn't lose, by the way. They they won today, and they beat. They, they uh, took all three games from Washington in that doubleheader. Took the two in the doubleheader, and they won today. So they swept Washington. They did what they were trying to do. But that sweep to the Braves is the difference in the division. It allowed the Mets or allowed the Braves to finish at 10-9, Versus the Mets, and you know next year, um, you go down to 14 games within your division, so you don't play 19 next year in the schedule. You play 14 now, so because you play you play everybody in your division 19 times now, that's going to go down by five games each. So you're going to have what? Uh, what is there? Four teams per division. Yep. You got the you got the Nats, Marlins, and Mets and Phillies, so. 4 by five, 20 games less in your division than than you would have in, in years past. So, uh, which I'm okay with. I like the idea of a little bit more balanced schedule. 19 seems like a lot against one team, especially when again, when you have team the Braves were 14 and 5 against the Nationals, 13 and 5 against the Marlins. So you have two scuzz bucket organizations in your division. The Braves were 27 and 10. That's 17 games Above 500, just off of two teams. Think about that. I mean, there's only a handful of teams that even finished 17 games above 500. The Braves were 17 games above 500 against two teams. Braves finished above 500 against everybody in their division 10 and 9 against the Mets, 13 and 5 against the Marlins, 14 and 5 against the Nationals, and 11 and 8 against the Phillies. They finished above 500 against every team in your division, but you're 17 games above 500 because you got two scuzz bucket organizations in your division. I don't know how fair that part of it is because those teams aren't going to try to get better. You know, this is Don Mattingly's last day today. You know, he's not coming back as the Marlins manager. He's not coming back. And I saw where, um, uh, who was it, uh, the Angels manager, Phil Nevin, they gave him an extension on, uh, they, they signed him to come back Next year, he's the guy that took over for Joe Madden, and they stunk. They got the two best players in Major League Baseball, and they stunk. Stunk, 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 stunk. Angels were no good this year. And they got Otani and Mike Trout to go with Rendon and everybody else. So crazy stuff. By the way, a lot of good responses to our, uh, our uh, food items out there, uh, Dylan. Um, some people had some stuff from Crystals. Uh, some people had, like, the apple pie from, like, McDonald's, cheesy fiesta potatoes from Taco Bell. Okay. This this is a really good one. The Wendy's Junior bacon cheeseburger. That's an amazing one. Yes. Fantastic one. That's fantastic. That is. And that thing's like a buck and a quarter. Yeah, I was or about to say like it's cheap too yeah. and delicious. Yep,
2: yep. Wendy's is really underrated overall. They are.
0: I agree. I agree. They they have a lot of because I'm telling you, like their chili's outstanding. I've never – I think I've had their
2: chili maybe once, but, yeah, I know their chili is amazing.
0: Chili is terrific, and their, and their taco salad that uses the chili oh, is yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. as well. So, anyway, hit us up with more of your list, so we'll have a little bit of fun before we get out of here tonight. Let's grab an NFL squib kick.
2: <laughs> Taking a look at the NFL with the squib kick with John Chuckery, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game.
0: How crazy must it be down in Tampa that – Cole Beasley signs. Two weeks later, he quits. He retires from the league.
2: That's like uh, that one dude who was gonna play for us and then didn't. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> yeah, the guy that we got from that the Bears, Gold- yeah. Goldston or whatever. Uh huh. Um, according to his agent, Joel Turner, quote, "He's ready to be with his family after playing 11 seasons, and it's time to be a full-time, full-time dad and husband." How do you not know that two weeks ago? Hmm. I'm telling you. He went down there and saw all this Michigas that Tom Brady's, all the folder roll that Tom Brady's involved in. He said he, he do not want you know no part what? of that. <laughs> nope, no thanks. I don't. I don't want to get. You don't want his version of Giselle nope, coming after him. Nope, nope. I don't. I don't want to be on the streets paying alimony and everything else, man. Remember rule number one: keep to keep her. Although she makes more money than Tom Brady does, but anyway. Right. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be back this week. Um, Not been a very good start for the New Orleans Saints, obviously. But um, speaking to uh, Catherine Torell of ESPN, quote, the main thing for me is just being able to help the team any way I can. Physically, if there's a time where I feel like I can't do it, then I can't be out there. The last thing I want to do is negatively impact the game. Just being all the way healthy and available on Sunday, that's my biggest thing. So that's why, obviously, last week was kind of up in the air. I didn't go. This week I'm feeling great, healthy, ready to roll. So I'm going to be back out there. And of course, remember, he got injured against the Falcons and he missed weeks two and four. And he did play some in in week three. So uh, he was back at practice. And by the way, they played the Seahawks, which is pretty much a must-win game now for the Saints if they decide that uh, that they're going to try to be any kind of uh, contender in the NFC this year. I just see Blake Bortles retired. think about how different and I'm trying to remember oh man uh what's the, I'm trying to remember the year oh gosh I'm trying to see the year here 17 uh yeah 2017 so in 2017 that's the year that Jacksonville went to the AFC title game against the against the Patriots right think about though Jacksonville, I'm telling you, they had the best young roster in the entirety of the NFL. That was Fournette. That was Jalen Ramsey. That was all of those young studs Yannick they had on and defense. and Yeah, and Gokwe, the two receivers. What was it, Allen Robinson? Yeah. And who was the other guy that Did was they, the other? Who uh, was, oh, they had another guy, too. Who they had was two that? terrific wide receivers. Yeah,
2: I know who you're talking I'm, about, yeah.
0: And remember, they got out to that lead on the Patriots. And Bortles couldn't make a single solitary play in the second half that game. Not a one. They had a 10-point lead in that game. And if he would have made just one play in that game, just one, all they needed was their quarterback to go out and make a play in that game. Who was it?
2: Uh Mar- Mar- Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns. <laughs> Marquise Lee's out of Southern Cal. Yep. Yep. And Mercedes Lewis, Cam Robinson, Yeah, Mercedes I mean, Lewis.
0: I mean, they're lo- their, their their roster was loaded. AJ Boye. Yeah. I mean, their roster was loaded. Didn't they bring in um it was well, they had Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the free agent yeah. signing that they mm-hmm. brought him in down they there had Malik to help the Jackson defense. too.
2: Yep. <laughs> they they were stacked.
0: If they'd have gotten one play out of Bortles in that AFC title they would have been in this. Think about how different the because you know at that point you're in the Super Bowl and you may win the Super Bowl. Who I mean, they'd have played the Eagles that year, right? That that would have been the Eagles team that they would have played with Nick Foles and all that. By the way, mm-hmm. they very much could have won that game. They certainly, if you're in the Super Bowl, you probably don't look to break that team up as quickly. But think about how different that entire Jacksonville franchise would be if Blake Bortles could have made one play in that AFC title game. I'm telling you, he couldn't make a play in that game. If he made one play in the second half of that game, they win it, and they're in the Super Bowl at that point. And their roster was loaded. We're just talking about all the guys that had, Loaded roster. And that's the difference, right? And then they come back. Remember, they come back in eighteen. He stinks it up. He gets benched, and it's never the same. And guess what? They never. That's why I said, I going into two thousand eighteen. If I was Shad Khan, because Drew Brees was a free agent, and everybody knew he was probably going to sign with the Saints and all that, I would have put up forty-five million dollars in a burlap sack, put it on a table. Held a presser and said, Drew, I want you to come play for me. I would have made Drew Brees go up in front of a podium and say no to coming to play for me. He'd have had to call a presser and say no, because I'd have said I'd have given him so much money to come down to sunny Florida and let's go win a Super Bowl. They had everything ready except that guy. And that was the only thing that they were missing on that team. And he couldn't make a play for them. Crazy. All right, when we get back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some phone calls 404 929 I'm asking you who the Braves MVP was this year because I'm going to give you the stats of what the local media voted for. We'll take your calls next. Talk about this deal. Chuck Green, Nikia Studios, Sports Radio, and the Game, honestly.com John Chuckery. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9
2: The Game. We got it together, didn't
0: we? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you. John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in John the John key Ray studios. Tom. Brown Laker, Music Hour. Roll right along. We head to the top of the hour of the JR Sports Brief. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site. Catch on the go. Social media is at nine two nine on the game. At JMSH316 at underscore... Dylan Matthews. Hey, uh, check out the Reception Perception podcast for insights on which wide receivers to start this week to rack up a big fantasy win. Uh, Matt Harmon and James Coe have unique analysis to predict who's going to be a boom and who's going to be a bust. New episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow Reception Perception on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Saw something yesterday that talked about um... Who was the MVP for the Braves, if you will? And, and we can take your calls to this, 404 So the local chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America got together and voted for who was their Brave of the Year. Now, to be fair, they do, they do factor in some off-the-field things as well. Okay, So it's more than just who's the Braves' best baseball player for what they vote on. There's also things about off field work and stuff like that. But for purposes of our, dis- of our discussion, because I don't, you know, again, not saying I don't care, but I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what they do. I've never heard a bad word about any of these guys, okay? Um, literally, are there any, other than Marcelo Zuna, is there anybody who's really had issues off the field for the Braves? I don't think so. But so the Atlanta chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America voted Austin Riley as the winner again. He won it last year, too. Here's how the voting broke down. Riley got seven votes. Dansby got six. Michael Harris got five. Jeff Schultz said his vote went to Dansby. Dave O'Brien said he voted for Michael Harris. And we had our buddy Gabe Burns on yesterday who said he voted for Michael Harris. Now, I'm, I was trying to think about who else would have been in this. Terrence Moore, because I think he's a Hall of Fame voter. Um Mark Bowman probably has a vote. So I'm sure that I, you know, I'm sure I'm probably missing a few. You know, that's five guys, well, six, right? 1 2 well, five or six guys that that come off right off the top of my head that would have had a vote here in Atlanta. Would Justin
2: have a vote?
0: Justin, you're right. He he made because of AJC. Yeah, um I would assume he's a member of the Baseball Writers Association working for the AJC. Um but that's a good call. Yes. I I would I would if I had to guess I would say yes that that he he has a vote. Um now before I I give my thoughts on it I want to read this stat by the way too about the New York Mets. Get our song ready, okay? The New York Mets since 2021. Ready? That's since last year, okay? They have spent, are you ready for this? They have spent 700 89 days in first place. That's the most of anybody in baseball and yet haven't won their division in either year. F the Mets, F the Mets step right up and F the Mets. How great is that stat? 789 days in first place more than anybody in baseball, that they've been in first place and haven't won the division in either year. F F the the Mets, Mets. F F the Mets, Mets. step right up and F F the Mets. Mets. What a great stat. I'm happy now because I could say F the Mets. Anyway. I hate the Mets. Yeah, and then some. I don't even like them that much. I tell you what, one last time, Hit, hit our song. F the mets. Mets. F, f the mets mets. Step step right up up and and f the mets step right up and f the mets you had 789 days in first and you couldn't win a single solitary thing and strawberry and Gooden aren't walking through that door you bums anyway we're going to uh, make that the extended version yeah that's the that's the remix yes yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the that's the underground dj uh deep cut version anyway um you know in all honesty, I I would have a hard time not voting for Michael Harris because, and we could take your thoughts about this again, 4047-410-929. You want to text us or you can hit us up on, on uh, our text line, or you can call in, uh, by the way, if you want to hit us up on the um, on the phone lines. Um, I would have a hard time not voting for Michael Harris. When you look at that timeline of when things really turned around, they brought him up, we said, what, on the 28th is when he started. You know, the first was when, you know, May 28th when he came up, started. June 1st was the meeting in Arizona. And, and just all the little things that came from there. But when Duvall went down and they needed a guy who could play center field every day, for him to have jumped over AAA and come in and given them the contributions, gold glove center field, speed on the base pass, hit for average, power, drive and runs, Almost a 2020 guy, 20 steals, 19 homers, 65 driven in, 75 scored, hit almost 300, gold glove center field. It completely changed the complexion of what this team was for this year. And so, me, I'd have to vote for Michael Harris. I think he completely transformed. And I thought Carl Dukes put up a good point earlier in the show or when we did the handoff with him, he said that even if Dansby and Riley had the years that they had, that he doesn't think that they would have won the division. I probably agree with that. I don't think that they win the division if you just have Dansby and Riley have those years without Michael Harris. Because Dansby was on track to be a good player this year. Again, it's his free agent walk year. That happens a lot in sports. Riley's coming off a career year last year. You didn't expect him to really take a big step backward, although if you look at some of his ancillary numbers, his numbers are a little bit down. He produced less runs year over year. He's about 30 points off his batting average, OPS down a little bit, but he still had a monster year for the Braves. I think Michael Harris would be my vote for the MVP or the, the top Brave or whatever terminology you want to use if you don't want to use MVP. So we can take your thoughts, four zero four Let's grab uh, Chris out in Brookhaven. What's going on, Chris?
1: Hey, man, yeah, I got to say I agree. I think it's without a question, Michael Harris. I mean, the spark he brought to this team, like you said, I mean, in the outfield, the, how weak we were at left field and all that and what he's been able to do on the bases and how clutch he was late in games at times. I mean, I think it's without a doubt Michael Harris. And, and, and like John said, I mean – I don't think that uh, we win the division if we don't have him, regardless of what Riley and, and Swanson did.
0: And, and think about, too, Chris, appreciate the phone call. We talked about this earlier. With him hitting as well as he did at the bottom of the order, right, what does that help do? Turn the order over, right? You know, move the line is what I think the old saying was, right? Moving the line. And you think about You know, managers and pitching coaches get completely freaked out about the idea of a pitcher seeing a team for a lineup for the third time, right? Short of being Max Scherzer or Jacob deGrom or something like that, people get, you know, managers, coaches, they get freaked out about the idea of facing a lineup for the third time. And when you get a guy like Harris hitting the way that he did at the bottom of the order, it keeps that line moving and it turns that lineup over. And you think about how it sets up Ronnie and Dansby, you know, and leading into Olsen and and Riley at that point. And and I think the Braves are going to end up with two guys who win the Gold Glove this year. I think think Michael Harris is going to win the Gold Glove. I don't know how many outfielders you could say were better defensively this year than Michael Harris. He's going to win the rookie of the year going away, but I think he's also going to win the Gold Glove. That doesn't happen all the time. You know the you know the caliber of player that's rookie of the year and gold glove and things like that? That's Ichiro. Ichiro in 01 was the rookie of the year MVP and the gold glove winner. Fred Lynn in 75 was the MVP of the league, rookie of the year, and gold glove winner in center field for the Red Sox. That's the kind of season you have to have to be in that kind of company, and I think Harris did that. And transforming this lineup, Giving them the defensive stops that they needed. Providing a spark on the base pass. Another guy to go out and just create havoc. And I've talked before. I love the fact that he's hitting third now. The fact that he's moved himself up up in the order tonight. Or up in the order, you know, I I hope against right-handed pitching in the playoffs. I hope he hits third. I I hope they keep him in that three spot. Because he's feasted on right-handed pitching this year. But what he's meant to be able to turn the bottom of that order over is nothing short of fantastic. 404 741 Let's grab Josh out in
1: Swanee. What's going on, Josh? Hey, Chakri. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. Hey, you know, so what he's done um, it's between him and Swanson, what he's done after the seventh inning is almost really hard to argue with. Late in innings, the guy's just absolutely clutch, you know. Um but then you get to the, well, who's the leader in the club, how leader on the team? And Swanson, you know, Marietta, that kid's no joke. I mean, he can play ball. Um, I will say this, though. I think that for the Braves to really make another run and be successful and win another World Series, we got to have Olson to continue to play the way that he's been playing. Um, you know, it, it's uh, – you know, listen, <laughs> Harris – it's incredible, this, this, this club, you know, we, we just bring people up and, and, and they, they produce, you know. I don't know how we're doing it with the farm system, um, but um, what, what a steal, you know. So, yeah, i give it to Harris. I, I'd probably give it to Harris. But Swanson, you know, 1A, 1B, however you want to, uh, you know, put it together. Yeah, um, I, both it, guys have been awesome. This club's incredible. And Strider, you know, the stash bro, I mean, look, look, look. that guy goes out there and throws 99 gas you know, straight fire. Um, we've got to have him and we've got to have Olsen produce. And if we can do that, there's no reason this team can't win another World Series. Well, I so. agree.
0: Listen, I, I think they're I think they're a better team this year than they were last year. And I'll say this too, that I don't think there's a bad choice. Like I don't think even if you said right, I don't think that there's a I don't think there's um I don't think there's a bad argument for any of those three guys. I just think about what Harris did to kind of transform this team that it's look, Dansby had a career year. Dansby's had a ton of clutch hits for this team this year. I got no I got no problem saying any of those either any of those three guys. I just for me personally, I just don't know that I could vote against Michael Harris and vote somebody else. Just think for what he's meant to this team. All right, we'll have a little bit of fun uh, when we get back as we're heading toward the top of the hour in the Jr. Sports Reef. Chuckery hanging out here with you till eleven o'clock. Sports Radio ninety two on Nine the Game the Odyssey dot com app. Back to more John Chuckery. Uh, now I'm having a good time, having a good time. Sports Radio ninety Nine. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Back with the other John Chuckery show. We head to the top of the hour. Turn this up a little bit. Dara Sports Brief coming up at the top of the hour. Brown Laker Music I rolling right along. Now I've requested this song for a specific reason. You know why? Today, Dylan, today is the 60-year anniversary of the release of Dr. No. That was the first James Bond movie released. It was on this day today, 60 years ago, that James James Bond's first movie was released and started an entire franchise. 60 years later, we're still making Bond films out of everything. Crazy, isn't it?
2: That's how you know you got a good franchise. Yeah.
0: I will say that um, Goldfinger is still my favorite James Bond movie, but... I will tell you, I've come to where Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig movie, is my second favorite now. Uh, it, that's a fantastic movie. I love that. Every time it's on, man, I, I watch that I watch that movie. So um, 60 years ago today. Think about Oof, that. Think about that. They're, and they're still, and they're still making those movies. Yeah. Right? Now, did you see where they are looking to cast a 30-something-year-old? You know, Daniel Craig's in his... 50. Yeah, he's older he's than old. I am. Yeah, you know Daniel Craig's older than I that's am. That's crazy. And they've already eliminated some people, so like Idris Elba's too old to play Bond. Mm. Um, there was somebody else that they talked about, but some of the names that have been bantied about, one is that uh, guy that played Loki. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of the guys, Tom Huddleston or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, Tom Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. yeah. One is the guy that played Superman. <laughs> you would love that. That guy that was in the. Um, he was also in the uh, Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise as like the CIA, the corrupt CIA agent. Oh, he was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry, whatever. Henry Cat Scratch or whatever his name is. <laughs> he was in the Superman. He was Superman, you know, in those stupid, awful. He was awful as Superman. I don't want him at all.
2: Um, what I'm, if they tried to get like Chris Evans to be.
0: Well, they want somebody James in their Bond. 30s because they want somebody younger that can carry the franchise. Problem is, all the guys that have played Bond are always, you know, in their 40s by the time right. they play him. Yeah. I mean, you know, Roger Moore was in his 60s by the time he was done as Bond. Pierce Brosnan, and, and I mean, Daniel Craig's almost 60. He's older than I am. And, I mean, you know, look, he looks great and all that, but they want somebody who can be, like, in their 30s, they can develop a younger story, and the guy can be in – five or six movies, because that's what they want, really, is they want a guy yeah. that'll be... It, they want, like, what Hugh Jackman was for The Wolverine, that's what they want for Bond. They want a guy who can be in a whole bunch of movies. And if you can do that, you know, in your early 30s or something like that, then, okay, you can... Because you, they, the goal is has always been with Bond movies, they want to do one every two years. So every two years, they okay. want to do a Bond movie. So they want somebody who can carry five or six movies and... To do that, you probably need to be in your 30s. They want somebody who's not, they don't want like a teenager. They said they don't want like a college age student. They should cast me. I'm I'm the perfect age range. Yeah, you're a little too uh twenty six. Yeah, a little too mochaed for, <laughs> for what James Bond is. I know. And, and you don't really have much of a British accent. Uh do you know who was I get offered one. Do you know who was offered the role of James Bond and turned it down? Who? The famous American actor. Who's that? He was he – so the family that runs the franchise is called the Brocolis. That's uh-huh. the name. That's their name, like almost like broccoli. Oh. but it's called Broccoli. Okay. So Chubby Broccoli is the patriarch, and and he was the head of the James Bond franchise, like Eon Productions and all that EoN Productions, Eon Productions, everything or nothing is what that stands for. Um, the actor that they wanted to play James Bond and they offered the role to, and he turned it down because he thought that it should be a British person and it eventually went to Roger Moore, this was in between Sean Connery and Roger Moore, was Burt Reynolds. Wow. Burt Reynolds, you know Burt Reynolds is? Kind disorder, a oh, little bit. God. Fr- uh, a
2: little bit, just a little bit. Okay. I I, I
0: I know I'm going to really be disappointed when I say this. So look, give me just a second. to Let me breathe a little bit. <sighs> okay. Have you ever heard of the movie Smokey and the Bandit? Yes, that was filmed here in Georgia. I've heard of it; I haven't seen it though. Okay, well, I didn't expect you to see it. I, yeah, it just I've heard of it though. Heard it. Okay. I, I have heard of it. Okay, so he was the star of *Smoking the Bandit*. Okay, but, uh, the, he's done. Do you remember a few years ago they did that remake of *The Longest Yard* with Adam Sandler yeah. and all that? Uh huh. Okay, so Burt Reynolds starred in the original version of that. Oh, okay. okay, okay. So the one with Adam Sandler was a remake, but Burt Reynolds starred in the original. Got gotcha. one, all that. But Burt Reynolds was offered. Now, I tell you what would have been really cool. The reason Casino Royale, Casino Royale is the first book that Ian Fleming wrote with James Bond, okay? There's a few things that are very interesting about it. One is James Bond in the book Casino Royale doesn't kill anybody, okay? Most of the story, the second half of the story that you see in the movie Casino Royale comes from the book. The first half is made to be movie Hollywood, okay? But the second half is pretty accurate. The difference is it wasn't a Texas Hold'em poker tournament, it was baccarat, which was always James Bond's game or whatever like that. But for decades, they the movie studio did not own the rights to the book Casino Royale. That was held by a different person. And that's why Casino Royale, the only movie that was made called Casino Royale, was a spoof of James Bond. Okay? Peter Sellers and different people, they spoofed it. Like they, it was just a crazy kind of comedy, but it was using the character of James Bond. So it wasn't like an action movie, it was a comedy. Okay. Woody Allen and people like that were in it. And for decades, they couldn't get the rights to the book. When they finally got it, the original idea that was pitched to them came from Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Quentin Tarantino. Wanted to do Casino Royale, and he wanted to do it with Pierce Brosnan, who was still James Bond, who was finishing up as James Bond. He did that last movie with Halle Berry, Die Another Day. He had just finished all that. Quentin Tarantino approached the Broccoli uh, broccoli family, I should say, of doing Casino Royale with Pierce Brosnan, and he wanted to do a black-and-white movie with oh. it. He wanted to do black-and-white James Bond, a black-and-white film with Pierce Brosnan as James Bond doing and do the book Casino Royale. Wow. That was the original pitch. Can you imagine what that would look like that would have been... with Tarantino and everything like Ooh. that? Now, the other guy who always said that he wanted to do a James Bond movie, but as it got as he got more popular and became more successful, he always joked about they couldn't afford him. But the guy who wanted to do it for a, who wanted to do a James Bond movie for a long time was Steven Spiel, Steven Spielberg are you familiar with who steven spielberg is? oh yeah yeah the director yeah the draws et close encounters yep indiana jones all that right yeah yep. the famous director he did uh what schindler's list mm-hmm. um a whole bunch of stuff. What, what's the uh tom hanks war movie um the, oh the, 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 uh, um pfft. um forget it now yeah the, the world the one that yeah. they started on normandy mm-hmm. um uh, saving private ryan yeah that's right <laughs> okay. that's right Spielberg wanted to do James Bond. He always wanted to do a James Bond movie. Wow! And then just as it got time went on, he always joked about now I'm too now I'm too expensive. You could never afford me as a director because he was, you know, <laughs> yeah. the greatest director you know of his era and things like that. So, um, but 60 years ago, it's still my favorite, my favorite movie franchise uh, of all time. Um, I I've seen every. James Bond movie in the movie theaters, starting with Moonraker. That's the first one I saw in theaters was Moonraker with Roger Moore. Oh, 78, 79, somewhere around in there. And I've seen every movie in the theaters since then. How many James Bond movies are there? 25. There's 25? There's 25 James Bond movies. This last one, this No Time to Die, which I did not like. Did not like this last James Bond movie at all. 25 James Bond movies over the 60 years. Crazy, huh? 25? Yes. Goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 60 years old today. By the way, too, very quickly. Today is the anniversary of Kane. Not Kane and Abel, the WWE character Kane. (laughs) Today was the anniversary of not just the debut of Kane, but today is the first ever Hell in a Cell match, because that's where Kane debuted, was the Hell in a Cell match. It was the first one ever. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, and Kane debuted by coming out, ripping the door off, giving The Undertaker a tombstone and allowing Shawn Michaels to win. That is still the best Hell in a Cell match of all time. It is a phenomenal wrestling match. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker were spectacular. Undertaker was magnificent with his body language, his motion, the stalking, he was magnificent. But today was Kane's debut, but more importantly is, that is still today the best Hell in a Cell match ever done. And it was the very first one they ever did.
2: I saw the video you tweeted out. That video was, was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Like, that movie is, or that match is five stars. In Your House, Bad Blood, October of 97 is when that w- took place. I, I still remember that match to this day. Still one of my favorite matches of all time. Still the best Hell in a- The Mankind is not a good match. It's... It's crazy because they threw him off the top of the cage, but it's not a great match. This was an outstanding match that those two guys had. All right, going to wrap it up with the Love TKO next. Chuck the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show, same way we always do with the Love TKO. JR Sports Brief coming up here at the top of the hour. We'll set the deck here in just a second, though. First, I want you to have a chance to listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Well, I was supposed to work with Sandra on Friday, so Steak is going to be here now. So uh, I will be back with you on Saturday. College football game time. Myself, Chris Goforth, Randy Mack, right? We got you from 8 to noon. It's the best college football show in the country, bar none. Uh, Best college football show that there is. So, we got you there. And then, of course, Hugh Douglas and I, Falcons football coming up on Sunday. Hugh Douglas and I got you from 9 to 11 for the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, which will take you right into Falcons pregame coverage at 11. Chris Goforth, Harper LaBelle, they'll take you to 1 o'clock. And, of course, Wes and Dave, We'll have the call as Falcons will be in Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And uh, MLS, too, by the way, Atlanta United wraps up what was a, um, oh, less than thrilling season for Atlanta United. So, lots of injuries, lots of other things going on. Uh, There's no chance Joseph is back next year, right? I mean, the fact that he wasn't starting the last handful of weeks when they still had a chance to be a playoff team, I don't know. That tells me a guy who's not going to be here much longer. But anyway, we will see what happens there. So, I'll catch you back on, on Saturday. We get you ready for college football game time then Sunday with Hugh before Falcons. For Dylan, it's Chuckery. We'll see ya. Bye.
2: I I what you say about it? looks like
1: another love TKO. Oh. oh, oh. That's